Welcome to Breaking Free Authentically, the podcast where we explore what redefining relationships looks like through a sex-positive lens. Let's kick shame and guilt to the curb and really start living a sexy, authentic life. I'm passionate about normalizing out-of-the-box ways of designing relationships. There's nothing quite like finding your tribe and experiencing the freedom of being completely yourself without judgment. I'm your host, Kareen Bedard, your sex-positive relationship designer, and I'm here to guide you in creating the relationship you desire, whether that is a more open one or simply a more empowered one. Join me every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to enjoy the newest episode. We are back. Good morning, my lovely, lovely souls. It is Wednesday morning, and we have another episode for you. So, today's episode of Breaking Free Authentically is called The Innocence of Sexuality. So, this is an interesting episode, and we get into sort of the difference of how it's perceived by society, you know, as evil and shameful, and then um, the conversations about how the energy we use to engage with others can also have a huge impact on our well-being and sense of self and and just boundaries that we can put around our energy and how uh, to be aware of other people's energy towards us and what our energy is like towards others. So it, it's quite an in, quite an interesting conversation. It was, um, again, a long conversation, um, and I didn't want to cut it off because it was just so interesting. So I've turned it into two parts again. So the first part will be today, and my special guest this week is Rosanna Rosie Glow Hannes. She's just such a dear friend of mine. I love her to death. She just is her name. She just glows rosiness. <laughs> Even her hair's rosy. Anyway, she is a beautiful, lovely soul, and I can't wait for you to hear from her. Uh, Rosanna is a channel of divine grace. She's a co-creatress of Paradise Earth and the founder of the Star Peace Movement. Star Peace is designed to seed a positive narrative into the collective consciousness of humanity, allowing a shift of perspective regarding the past and the present, so we can live a future we truly desire personally and collectively. The creatress of both multidimensional yoga and coaching, Rosanna empowers those she works with to rewrite their narrative, raise their vibration, and choose to be part of the solution rather than the perceived problem. She delights in working with creatives and visionaries to raise their vibration so they create from their soul rather than ego wounding by claiming their power as co-creators of their reality and aligning with the win-win-win and the highest good of all. This involves awakening multidimensional consciousness in those who are heart-centered influencers, whom Rosanna recognizes as awakening starseeds, so the balance of power shifts from external authority to inner authority and sovereignty. As a psychic and intuitive, Rosanna has received the message from her connection to the divine that it is time for an era of peace and co-creation through joy. Her 22-year background as a fertility, pregnancy, birth, neonatal, and early years expert has e involved teaching a holistic approach to these areas through yoga and raising awareness regarding the impact of how our earliest life shapes our physiology, 
our subconscious expectations, health, and life experience. Her work includes decoding our early human imprints so we can make a true connection with our soul consciousness. This might not be for everyone, but I think that even if you are not necessarily a spiritual person and don't believe about all these things, her message is is definitely um, something that you can grab onto because what we talk about today is it doesn't matter if you're spiritual or not, it has relevance. We all have energy exchanges with people. We have energy in our bodies. And I am very much an energetic person. I feel different people's energy and I really sense how different connections feel in my body. And I think it's really important to be aware in our body of how, um, how we connect with others and how we feel when we connect with others, because our sexuality is not just with ourselves. It's a, it's a connection with others as well. And if we are connecting our bodies and our souls with other people, we need to be aware of the kind of energy that we bring and the kind of energy that they bring and how that possibly impacts our well-being. So I challenge you to listen and um, see what you get out of this. I just It was a fascinating conversation. I always love talking with her because, I mean, it's just easy to talk and I just, there's so much great information and great thinking that, that really is powerful for our lives. So I challenge you to have a seat, grab a cup of coffee and sit down for the ride. Maybe you're listening in the car. That's what I tend to do. So get comfortable. Uh, this is going to be two parts, about 45 minutes each. So I hope you enjoy it. Um, Just to give you a little warning, the beginning of the interview, the quality of the sound isn't that great, but you'll find out why. It's kind of funny. I made a boo-boo. But anyways, I'll let you figure out what happened. It's kind of funny. So enjoy. When we come back, we'll get right into the interview. Please visit our website at www.breakingfreeauthentically.com. And subscribe to our mailing list so you never miss an episode. Be sure to leave a review on Podchaser by clicking the link at the top of the page. That would mean the world to me. Finally, I'd love for you to join Breaking Free Authentically, our private sex-positive relationship community on Facebook. All the links will be posted in the show notes. Enjoy the show. Well, good morning, everyone. I'm so happy to be here. Once again, I'm having uh, an interview slash conversation with a really great friend. Um, We call her Rosie Glow because she just glows. And (laughs) we call her Rosanna Hannes. Um, She goes by all kinds of different names. But you'll see why because she just, you can't just pin her down to like one name. She's just... Too too much awesomeness for that. <laughs> <laughs> You're making me giggle. <laughs> That's what I love about us. <laughs> the other thing I love about us is that we are not bound by uh, the schedules of most human beings. So like, you know, we were supposed to start, I don't know. Oh, like almost an hour ago. But well, we've been chit-chatting and talking and you know, I've been setting things up and trying different lighting and stuff. And 
you're so cool with that, which is why we're really good friends. <laughs> because you're my people, right? And this is what I talk a lot about um, on my podcast. And I want people to understand that life is about connecting with people. And it's really about sort of the energy that we have between each other as people. And I have curated my people because I've attracted my people with my authentic energy. That is like, I don't waver in the energy that I put out now because I know who I am and I know who I want to be. And so if people want to be in my energy, they're my people. And that's what I really want to convey. And so we're going to build on that today. So my guest today, Rosie Glow, what do you want me to call you on the on this interview? Rosie? Definitely Rosie Glow if you want me to channel my higher self because that's how it comes through. <laughs> okay. So Rosie Glow, I'm so happy to have you here. Can you tell our guest a little bit about you? I would be delighted to, lovely Kareem. Thank you so much for having me here with you today and intending just a really wonderful conversation that for everybody who does listen. Could you hear me? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I just realized I wasn't holding my microphone. (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) That's fine. Don't you worry. It's fine. (laughs) Okay. So, so hello, I am Rosie Glow and I'm delighted to be here with you, my dear Kareem. Thank you so much for inviting me in. So a little bit about me. Let's just see. I work with my beautiful tribe to support them to make the shift from being programmed to struggle and to survive to being programmed to thrive and to experience life on their terms. So essentially all of my background, uh, certainly for the first 22 years of my my career is around early influences. So our time in the womb, our conception, our, our birth and our first seven years of life. And this very much is backed up by Dr. Bruce Lipton's work, The Biology of Belief and The Honeymoon Effect. So it's all around epigenetics. And in the simplest terms, we are shaped in the womb. We take on all of these beliefs, perceptions, attitudes, We're actually wired according to our mother's perception of the world around her. So when we come into this world and we develop a personality and we claim to be this and we claim to be that, the first thing that I say to people is, well, that's who you've been programmed to be. Why don't we find out who you really are? Because obviously there are cultural, there are religious, there are societal, there are um, socioeconomic, there are familial patterns that all play out. And for the most part, we are living from, you know, our programming rather than our conscious will. So when people do come into my world and I work with them, it's to plug them into what I call the divine matrix and unplug them from the fear matrix, which is what the matrix movies are all about. But just think in normal real life terms. How's that for a little starter? That's great. I love that. Um, And I love that you work with like programming and unprogramming, because that is literally what I talk about all the time. Like, you know, we, we all are programmed. We have religious and societal programming and people who aren't religious will go, well, I'm not religious. I don't have that. I'm like, you don't understand how much the societal programming is influenced by religious programming. And then I love that you focus sort of on that. You know, most of our, our subconscious beliefs and limiting beliefs come from, by the they're formed by the time we're seven, mm-hmm. like what you say in that, that first 
first seven years, um, which I don't think we understood before. We didn't realize that that was so key. Mm -hmm. And I think that we can either look at that and, and become a victim of it, or we can go, oh, that makes sense why I do things the way I do. Um, and I, I think like sort of the, I was just talking about this with someone the other day, just the eighties were predominantly like <laughs> grabbing onto your victimness, <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Like I'm going to hold on to the fact that it's not me. I'm a victim of my circumstances and, and my childhood and everything. And I think now we are able to look at that and go, oh, now it's informing our healing and we have to heal from some of those things. But I don't think that the focus is on being a victim as much as it used to be. Absolutely. I think we're evolving that way, which I think is really great. Um, but definitely part of my coaching training was definitely looking at, you know, tapping into those first seven years. So I love that. And I want to know more about that a little bit. Um, well, the the whole thing around the first seven years is really, really powerful because obviously the different brain waves that we are, you know, mainly transmitting at the time really plays a part as to whether we're just being subliminally programmed or whether we're actually questioning what is coming about. But what is very little known about, and this is what I love to talk about, is how our time in the womb is so poignant. So, mm. you know, as an example, consider, for example, your mum being pregnant with you and being programmed for sex to really just be about procreation rather than for her own enjoyment and her own joy. So her own attitudes around sex, around sexual pleasure, around her role within the context of, you know, does she just put out because her husband wants her to, or is this a, like a joint connection? All of that imprints on us and our own sort of um, predisposition to whether we feel like we can come out shameless or come out full of shame, right? So that that's so important, as is, you know, when I'm working with my clients, talking more about their conception and the circumstances of their conception and what was the state of their parental relationship before they came about. Now, there's not a lot of people talking about this. And, you know, for me, I'm a soul activator. When I work with people and we talk about activating higher self-consciousness, it means evolving beyond these early wounds. And as you said, moving beyond, oh, I'm a victim. There's nothing I can do about this to saying, right. well, hold on a minute. What do I have a desire to experience? What do I long for? If I went beyond right and wrong and what I've been told is acceptable. Oh, yes. Right. Mm -hmm. What do I want to explore? It doesn't mean it's where I'm going to stay. I need to know my edges. Right. Right. Yeah. We haven't, you know, when you're in a womb, you have edges <laughs> that you push against boundaries that that and lovely Melanie Gillespie says it that the maternal space is the first provider energy, right? The, the link with the mother. Mm, yeah. And we see it more as a masculine thing, but actually how we're provided for in that initial nurture relationship also plays a huge part in how we believe our connection to the divine, to God, to source is um, available to us. You know, is it conditional? Is it unconditional? Is it a thriving relationship or, you know, am I ignored? Am I starved? Am I, you know, invisible sort of things? It, it's very much about how, if you like, how mothers carry us when they're pregnant, you know, and not enough is, is said about this. Not enough is known about this at this point, which is why I'm so excited to talk about it and bring it to the forefront. Mm -hmm. um, but when it comes to 
co-creating our reality, which is, I think is what we're talking about. We can all co-create a reality of our own. It means we have to take responsibility and say, I didn't create this, mm. but this is mine to clean up oh, if yeah. I want to move forward and live a different experience. So that's kind of a really important element of us being sovereign in our energy. I'm giving you a huge high five for that because honestly, um, I think more people need to hear that. In fact, I had a situation this morning where I wish someone could understand that, you know, that we are the creators of our reality. And the way that we see things, like if we see or assume that they're going to be negative, they end up being that. Like they literally come to fruition. Um, You know, if you think men are shit, Mm -hmm. you're going to attract men that are shit or you're not going to bring the best out of them because you're sitting in that fear, you know, in that energy. And, you know, people only want me for one thing. Well, what kind of thing energy are you putting out? You know, like for me, I'm a very sexual person. Um, and of course people want me for that, but that's not the first thing I put forward. I'm comfortable in my sexual energy, but I'm an intelligent woman. And that's what I put forward. Like I don't entertain just a flirting conversation for the sake of flirting. That doesn't do anything for me. Mm-hmm. So I no longer entertain that. I want a deep connection and and good deep conversation intellectual conversation with someone at least a connection on some energetic level where we see the world a bit the same and if someone doesn't want to continue in that conversation with me or if they get bored about that i could care less move on mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. fine i don't need that in my life and if i'm going to Uh, have you as a play partner even, or if I'm going to have sex with you, I need to be able to, I say this, I need to be able to cuddle with you. If Mm -hmm. I don't feel safe enough to cuddle with you, or if I don't have that good energy with you, I'm not going to have sex with you. Like, that's just a fact. Um, And I think people are afraid to put down sort of those sort of boundaries. And and just back to boundaries before we we move on, you said, you know, like the womb is the first boundary. And I just think of like this analogy that I heard years ago about um, a children's schoolyard. And they took away like the, the fence on the schoolyard because they didn't want children to feel trapped. Mm-hmm. And what they noticed is that the children all kind of stayed huddled in the middle in fear. Mm-hmm. Exactly. exactly. And then when they put the fence back, the kids all freely played to the outskirts as close to the fence as they could be because they knew they were safe. They knew exactly how far they could go and they were comfortable and at ease in that. And I think sometimes we're afraid to put boundaries because we're afraid to, you know, scare people off or we're scared to limit things. And for me, fear of missing out is a big thing. So often I struggled with this idea of setting a boundary because well, what if that's not what someone wants? You know, what if that, what if they don't want me if I put that boundary or whatever? And then I realized, hold on, what if I don't want them if they don't respect that boundary, right? Like, well, yeah, but you're, you're saying that is exactly it. It's self-worth and self-respect that actually right. will determine whether or not we do put a boundary. And that's very much linked to our own parents' willingness to create boundaries for us so we can play safely mm-hmm. within that. So, you know, a lot of us have had very inconsistent parenting, well-meaning, but inconsistent parenting. Mm-hmm. And that is 
passed down from one generation to the next. But when you when you create a boundary, which is your own, can I swear? Is that okay? Yes, this is so expressing. We have fuck off fences and bullshit barriers, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like these are boundaries that in a way are like where you absolutely will not entertain going further. And mm-hmm. when someone actually doesn't respect your boundary, anger is a natural and valid response. And a lot of us are not okay with that. Now, that's a wider context to something else that you just brought up, which is about cultivating intimacy. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you talk from the perspective of, you know, consciousness around sexuality, about non-monogamy, about exploring beyond what we've been told is acceptable, that doesn't mean you throw the baby out with the bathwater. And I see a lot of that. It's like, well, I'm not my conditioning, so I'm going to completely rebel the other way. And there's no soul. There's no heart. It's just fucking right. And it's like, you're an object. I'm going to gratify myself with you. And the object, as in the other humans going, yeah, yeah, that's what I want. Is it what I want? I don't know. Is it? Is it? And it's just right. shut down, right? It's true. And I think that's why we've connected because I, I've heard a lot from different colleagues and different people that I've presented this very out-of-the-box way of thinking about mm-hmm. sexuality and relationships. But everybody says to me, oh, I love your approach, Kareen. And why is that? Because I think because I'm not throwing out the baby with the bathwater. Like to Mm -hmm. me, there's a real, and that's why I like to call it ethical non-monogamy. There's a real sense of ethics and connection and soul and empathy towards a situation that we're in. Like, like I know on your podcast, we're going to talk about um, just kind of how this culture has like you know, women have just put a big fuck you hand out, you know, like fuck the world, fuck men. I'm a woman, hear me roar. And I'm just going to do what I want to do. And I, you and I both agree that that is like so far on the other side of the pendulum Mm. that that causes a whole set of other issues, you know, and again, that's not true authenticity, you know, mm-hmm. just just making yourself small and saying yes to everything, that's not authentic. Just saying fuck off to everyone, that's going to an independent extreme. Mm-hmm. And the other one's the codependent extreme people pleaser, all that. And there's this interdependent middle where mm-hmm. we connect with our souls and our energy with people and we can be in our true truth authenticity, we can be empathetic towards people and really understand where they're coming from without necessarily letting them off the hook for their responsibilities in life. But we can understand where they're coming from and not just be like, oh, I I need to be respected. Well, respect needs to be earned. And respect is something that we have a responsibility to treat others with respect if we want to be respected back. And if we want men, if we want to be respected in our sexuality, we have to respect our own bodies and our own sexuality. And so I think that what we've decided we want to talk about is kind of the in the innocence of sexuality. And I love that because everybody tries to construe sexuality as this like hedonistic, you know, devilish, you know, thing that we yeah. shouldn't be doing. And when actuality, in actuality, sexuality is such a connecting thing. Our bodies being 
able to be like uh, being able to be naked with other people and having Mm -hmm. no shame about that is hugely connecting. It's amazing the conversations you can have and how real you can be just running around and being yourself when you can be naked. Like people don't understand that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, to, to be in a club setting where you're dancing and flirting and feeling sexy and, and knowing who you are and not needing something from other people to make you feel good about yourself that is a truly intimate experience in itself energetically right and yeah. and keeping that energy strong and and the boundaries around you um is super important and it can be done you don't just have to sacrifice everything because you like sex and even if you like porn like sex there's a time and a place for that and you find people that also want that in that moment but it doesn't mean that you have to give up everything about yourself that you feel are, is important as well. Like you don't have to be treated badly. Absolutely. And and neither should you. And I think this is the thing is that we're, the fact that you're doing what you're doing is amazing because it's filling in the, the gaps, right? Because mm. there's two extremes. You've got like the, the sort of connotation of our conditioning, which is typically religiously informed, mm. right? And then you've got what typically happens with anyone who wants to bulk against their conditioning is they'll rebel. <clears throat> so in the rebellion side, which is the full side of the sp- pendulum swing, you've got porn, you've got BDSM, you've got kink, you may have conscious kink. There's there's all sorts. There's, you know, unconscious swinging and orgies and, you know, all yep. sorts of stuff, right? But that may be no more your truth than your conditioning, right? Mm-hmm. And we feel like because we still live in a dualistic nature that we have to choose. It's either yeah. or yeah, either yeah. I cut myself off from what was and embrace this new thing, which just feels a little bit better than what I had, or, you know, at least I'm not suppressed. Right. But yeah, it's yeah. no more your truth because you're kind of, you've gone well beyond feeling safe inside of yourself or that you actually want to stay connected to the experience. You know, and that I think that's a really important thing because I understand energetics, right? I understand, yeah. like you said, the difference between um, codependence, interdependence, independence, and there is this huge movement apparently at the moment, Generation Zen, as Z apparently or Z, whereas you know the boys don't want to be seen as simp's, so sympathizers to women. Right. Mm-hmm. And therefore, wanting to tend to the needs and be kind and, and be treat be treating them respectfully. And this has apparently happened since the Me Too campaign. Just open to it. I only heard it the other day from a client. And then the women are all going, Yeah, fuck you. I'll do what I want. You won't tell me what to do and I'll yeah. have what I want. And if you don't like it, rah, rah. it's like, ladies, gentlemen, everyone in between, can we please just look at this slightly differently and say, if I don't like you as a human being, why would I let you anywhere near my body and my inner chambers? And if you don't like me as a human being, why would you want to put part of you inside of me or do anything with me? Yeah, That's just fucked up. Okay. And that's, and that's not because sex is wrong. No, wrong not right. because it has sex nothing is wrong. to do with that. It's like nothing. There is a connection that happens when you're with someone regardless. And and I'm not saying like sex is sacred necessarily. Like there's a lot of people that believe that. And I used to believe that. And I think that that can be very problematic in a marriage, um, especially when 
you see sex as this sacred thing because sometimes sex is just sex. It's just like, it's like a playful thing. It's just an activity. Like I say, like playing tennis, you know, like mm-hmm. you, you can go play a game of tennis. It doesn't have to be a sacred experience. It can just be fun, mm-hmm. you know, um, or sex can be completely a connected, energetically fulfilling, beautiful connection. And And I like to say that, you know, love is one circle and sex is one circle. And they don't have to be connected and they Mm. can intersect as much as you want them to, but one doesn't define the other. So you don't have to have love with sex. You have to have love for yourself with sex. Yeah. (laughs) And you don't have to have sex to have love. Absolutely. So you, you can have sex like you can, sorry, you can be in this sacred space with someone where you're the love is oozing mm-hmm. you are not having sex you're it's just cuddling and you can oh, orgasm yeah. from that right it's exactly cute. like energetic orgasms and stuff and i think that like we've we've come to be such a like um what do you call it um like orgasm is what Scented. makes sex yeah. yeah like uh oh, what do they call it um mm, Something focused. Full, uh, full body orgasm. No, but like it, it's like outcome focused. focused, right? Like outcome okay. focused rather than just moment focused. And I think like if we can just like embrace the moment and the pleasure and the energy you're feeling from being with someone, that's a beautiful experience. And that can be sex just as much as intercourse can be. Um, just as much as kink can be sex as well. It's all part of things. And I think that we are afraid of that, especially as we go more into being independent. We -hmm. don't want to open up any like energetics to allow other people in because I think a lot of people have been hurt or a lot of wounds protect us from sort of melding with other people's energy. And we're like, and and I, I know that like in the US, it's a much more independent culture and that feeds sort of a lot of the rest of the world you know like hear me roar america right like we are we are land of the free and and you know you come here for a new life and you can do all these things i i'm not in america i'm in canada (laughs) but my my in-laws and my ex-husband like i and i've lived in the states so many times and the the difference is drastic just in how people are and it's like people are in canada we ask each other for help. We say sorry. We like, we apologize. We really, I feel like we see each other a lot more. Mm. And then in the States, it's like, it's almost rude to talk to someone or look at someone in an elevator. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you walk in, you turn around and face the front. That's the rules. You don't make small talk. (laughs) And and I, I don't fit that mold. I'm French Canadian. So, you know, I break all the rules, but, (laughs) um, but there's this this feeling that I used to think that boundaries were a fence to keep people out. And that is not true necessarily. Boundaries are a line in the sand of, of something that you won't cross. You won't give up a piece of yourself and cross that boundary in order to please someone else just because it's for them. There's a there's a real weighing out of 
what's beneficial to both people and and there's empathy that looks at that and and takes a piece of to assess the situation um but for me putting a boundary up i thought was just putting this this fence and and you said the the fuck you fence which is which is great because there's a certain there's a certain level of that but initially a boundary is, is for yourself to protect you can't set a boundary unless you know who you are and know what you want and know what you're made of and love yourself because you're going to not believe for one that you deserve that. And that took me a long time, right. To realize that um, like in my boundaries training, the first thing is like, believe that you have human rights. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. And, and so sometimes we're afraid to believe that, you know, we deserve to not be talked to that way, or we deserve to, to want what we want even, you know, and like you were talking about, like our desires and our needs, our fantasies, like that doesn't mean they have to come to prove to fruition, mm-hmm. but we're allowed to have them without mm-hmm. shame. We can want anything that we want without shame. There's nothing wrong with that. If it hurts other people, if it is, you know, unkind and, and, and does damage, then we have to rethink like, is it, is it worth going and, and making that happen? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, does it stay in the realm of fantasy? So, you know, this is just some of the things that, that is important to cons- consider when we're creating boundaries and when we're thinking about our connections with other people and the energetics is I think it's just like I was saying this where I started is that people often just shut down the ability to connect on an energetic level with people because it is so scary and they don't understand themselves and they they don't feel like they're worthy probably a lot of times right yeah well I think I think there is a lot there that you said in terms of understanding ourselves we're not actually really taught to self-inquire it's not as you said the difference between the Canadians and the the Americans and like you know the UK is the stiff upper lip right no one talks to each other in London if you're out in the outskirts then you'll have that friendly friendliness but if you re, re, you know bring this back to what we're talking about this whole self-gratifying culture which has been going on since at least the 80s if not a little bit earlier than that is very much about my needs, my wants. And then there's a different play out in terms of gender wars. So mm-hmm. women are kind of expected to give themselves and men are supposed to just want to take it. And like, there's then this mistrust because it's cultured, it's cultivated. Mm-hmm. And for us to evolve beyond it, as we already said, you kind of have to know, all right, my conditioning is not fulfilling me. I I have this desire and longing to explore beyond that. Let me find what my edges are. So long as I'm not hurting others, unless they're asking me to, and it's part right. of play, right? Right. Um, I'm not hurting myself. I'm not, you know, going into to grounds where I'm taking people's free will away. That's what it comes down to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's on the physical plane. It's really important for us to establish some kind of boundary for s- sort of self self exploration, which 
we often cross those boundaries before we really, you know, own them and say, no, this is for my best. This is really important. I don't want to do something different to this. Well, and that's so important because I think a lot of people, especially like coming into this world, like trying non-monogamy, for instance, like you can jump in with both feet and then you can get out and dry off, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Like you're Mm -hmm. not stuck there. Mm -hmm. It's not quicksand. (laughs) You're not stuck there forever. You can try it out. And if you want to jump in full on, that's fine. You can get out and you can change your mind. Absolutely. Well, this is my part of the discovery process, right? It's I kind of grew up around some real sexual shame from my childhood and my grandmother, like I'm three quarters Greek, so quarter English, three quarters Greek. So on both sides, some Greek Orthodox conditioning, but particularly Mm. my maternal grandmother. So that's important because it comes through the bloodlines. Right. So I remember as a child being shamed because I was holding an older, a friend of mine's older brother's hand and the bin man in Greece decided he needed to come and inform someone about this. It was like really bizarre, but like my grandmother, I know crazy, but this same grandmother was um, on the one hand trying to protect me when she'd say, you know, you have to be careful. You must always stay near us because, you know, men come and grab little girls and they play Mm. with them and they've got uh, penises the size of cucumbers. And if you're a lucky girl, you're going to be put in a phone box and they'll call your mum you know, to bring you to to get you if you're lucky. And I I remember being like four or five years old hearing this going, okay, penis is the size of cucumbers. Like just, I only heard that bit and I'm like, it's interesting. And I'm like really young, right? Really young. I want to see these cucumbers. Like (laughs) men have penises the size of cucumbers. And then, you know, (gasps) other times she'd have like an episode, like uh, she was um, diabetic. So she'd really lose her shit sometimes. And she'd be like, I bet your dad is fucking that whore on the floor. Like literally talk like that to me as a child. Right. So then I'm like hearing things like doggy style on your knees, like things that I wouldn't. And I share this because I'm sure I'm not the only one that has either been given some some wording and some well often well-intended but sometimes not well-intended advice or information Mm. that actually was really quite strange and potentially detrimental but at the same time might have peaked curiosity might have Mm. peaked sensation in us Mm -hmm. that somehow we felt we should push down and this is why I want to talk about the innocence of sexuality because Mm. you know when you when you accept You know, I remember even feeling embarrassed. I remember being a teenager thinking, oh, my God, when I tell my parents that I'm pregnant, they're going to know that I had sex to have a baby, (laughs) like and being really weirded out by that. Right. And then when we first start masturbating and like self-pleasuring and like, what what was that? Did I just pee myself? Like Uh all all this stuff that goes on and like you're experimenting, you're playing with things. What what can I play with? What is it? What's going to (laughs) work? You know, all of that is like. To be allowed to know this is normal. Yeah. This is your relationship to yourself first, right? Then when it comes to exchange with others, if we were taught from a very young age, like your body is your body, their body is their body, you know, you have full permission to to explore your body and touch your body and feel what feels good in your body. And it's really important to have a great connection, you know, be careful about sticking things up your bum and then putting them elsewhere, you know, like just to have (laughs) that open information and no judgment on right or wrong, but 
just to say, look, you know, many people like to have a relationship where it's just two people, right? But mm-hmm. there are many people who don't. And, you know, ultimately, we're all on a journey of coming back into oneness anyway. Mm-hmm. My personal journey was one of being very curious, you know, as a as a child and as a teenager. I think the first time I kissed a girl, I was 13 and drunk and, you know, like how alcohol and, and recreational stuff can play a part is mm-hmm. huge. Yeah. And the truth for me was I didn't really explore beyond my heterosexual sexuality unless there was some kind of lubricant influence of some description, mm. right? Mm-hmm. But where I'd go to and the different elements of my being, like the wildness, the rosy ho, as Ian will call it, right? My, that's my <laughs> it's rosy glow, rosy ho, rosy slow, broken rosy glow and all sorts of other elements. But <laughs> to take to take those filters of right and wrong away and to go, all right, I need to know. I want to know. Like, I'm curious about making love, about fucking, about everything in between. Like, I want to know, okay, do I want to, you know, some of the explorations I've had have involved being, you know, going to sort of BDSM clubs and 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 things that I know are not for me now, but mm-hmm. they were part of my opening and my exploration. And yeah. currently I am in a monogamous connection with my husband but that doesn't mean we're always going to be mm-hmm. and we've explored in the past the certain elements but it's like the boundaries for us are important in our relationship mm-hmm. just as you know it starts with your personal internal boundaries then it's the boundaries of any relationship that you're in and then there's wider boundaries right yeah. so you know and I, I think that it's important to mention that that's okay right like yeah. because anybody who's like exploring okay so for instance when I left my faith. I mean, a whole world, like part of my, my, uh, you know, leaving the faith was listening to Playboy and, and going, what? This world is not what I thought it would be. Right. And realizing that the people on Playboy were not so evil, you know, they were normal people and they, they had desires and they enjoyed themselves, you know, and, you know, you're talking about, if we could just be taught that it's okay to explore our bodies as children. Like I was shamed from the age of four for that. And Mm. I was taught that my body is not my own. It's going to be my husband's. Mm. Well, what does that do for you? Right? Like, and in my mind, I was never going to say no to my husband. Turns out that wasn't an issue because I was the one who initiated most of the time. um, Because, you don't just turn a switch when you're a good Christian boy who doesn't get, you know, uh, distracted by girls and sexuality. You don't just turn that on on your wedding night. That stays with you. And that shaming of your sexuality doesn't just flip overnight mm-hmm. or or at all, you know. And so that's something that we weren't taught and that we didn't realize. And And, you know. I think that all these little pieces affect our sexuality. But what I want to get back to is that, you know, it's okay to explore. So when I discovered Playboy, all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, there's a whole world here that's possible. And sex positivity is going, all these things are acceptable and they're not, I don't need to judge them. And then I get to try out to see if it's for me. Mm hmm. Right. I get to try it out and it might not be for me. But again, I get to change my mind. And Mm -hmm. as a Christian, 
I wasn't allowed to change my mind. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like we know that we know that we know. And once you know something, you just don't change your mind because for some reason that's like fickle or that's not having faith or whatever. And now I think the thing about my life that I love the most is that I can say, I don't know. And I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm right. And I'm not the only opinion here. Mm. And you get to go discover things for yourself. And I love saying that to my kids. Like, you don't have to agree with me. Mm. Of course, I'm going to guide you and I'm going to show you things that I think are valuable for your life and and how you can think through things. Like, I didn't just tell them what they were allowed to do and not do. Mm. I would say, here's what could happen. Here are the situations. You get to make your own decision in that. But be aware of the possible consequences and you get to choose. Wow. And that is important. And my my kids all were allowed to have sex Mm -hmm. when they wanted. And my girls really just aren't that interested in it. Not because they're shamed, but because they haven't found any guys that really interest them that much. Mm-hmm. And they're totally fine on their own. They don't need that validation from someone. Mm. And Bang on. I love that's that. It. Because that's it. Yes. And I think that I was so starved for physical attention and I needed that. And so I didn't have sex before I got married, but I wanted it. I wanted that physical connection of some sort. And then when I um, first became a swinger, I was like, wow, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> let me out of the gate. And I got to experience all kinds of things. And then I realized what I liked and what I didn't like. And and now it's like, you know, like I, I joke a lot because people say, you know, um, sorry, my computer's doing a funny thing. Um, and one of the things is uh, people often assume that non-monogamy tantric swingers whatever it's all about orgies and i'm Mm -hmm. like i don't i don't even like orgies i don't like that because that's too much energy for me i don't have a chance to connect with one person and that's important to me so people who are so afraid to make a connection as a swinger or lifestyler they're probably not going to be for me they might be intimidated by me or they might feel threatened by me and i'll put it out there right away like i'm not here to take anybody but I do want an energy exchange with you. And um, if we don't connect on that kind of level, then I don't need to play. <laughs> I no, don't need I don't I, need to. You've put it really. So let's just look at this from a perspective of how we actually, one, the hormones involved, and yeah. two, um, where we get energy from, because you really beautifully articulate it's an energy exchange. Mm-hmm. Now, Energy exchange can be based on a beautiful, intimate soul connection. It can be a bit of fun. It can be, I want some some rough experiences where you mm-hmm. meet me in this place, right? It's play. This is adult play, right? Yeah, yeah, so we take yeah. the shame out. We're looking actually to define deeper connections with ourselves through having connection with others too. There's a real difference there between what you talk about in terms of when you first had sex, I first had sex at 13 years old. I wanted love. I traded sex for love all of my teens, most of my 20s, until I learned I didn't need to do that. And mm-hmm. that's what I thought the exchange was. And guess what? I had guys who only wanted one thing, and that was it, except the guys that then wanted to control me because they you know, then felt that mm-hmm. you know, uh, somehow I was threatening because I, I had this energy about me, right? Mm-hmm. So sexuality, sensuality, when we're in our flow, 
-hmm. we've got oxytocin flowing through our bodies. Now, oxytocin is the love hormone. It's the Mm -hmm. opposite of adrenaline. When it comes to birth and labor and getting labor started, you need oxytocin, Mm -hmm. right? If you don't have enough oxytocin flowing, then you need help, help, (laughs) synthetic hormones to help you give birth. The reason you don't have high levels of oxytocin is because there are high levels of adrenaline, fear, contraction, which Mm -hmm. will all be relating to your expectations, your fears, what you've been told, the way things should be. Now, if we bring this into a play state and we look again at what it means to say, I am sovereign in my energy and I'd love to experience play, you know, playing with my energy with someone else who's also sovereign in their energy. Mm-hmm. This is the difference between codependent and I wouldn't say independent, but interdependent relationships. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Codependent, and they can be friendships, they can be in parenting, parent to child, they can be across the board. Yeah. Plug into each other and we say, You're going to make me feel good this way. I'm going to make you feel good this way. This is our contract, right? But when you decide to unplug from others giving you your energy and self worth, you plug into source. It's literally, you know, when I say source, I mean God, the divine, which I see a channel around my body. And our local sun, our solar sun is like a source point that connects to the infinite source, all that is. I am not worshipping the sun. Just want to make that clear. (laughs) How we access through, right? And it's like, okay, this is my beam me up, Scotty, think Star Trek, you know, funnel of light. And it allows me to connect with the divine and I can receive everything I could possibly want through this connection. So now as I extend and expand my energy into this world and decide what I choose to experience next, what I want to explore, because that's why we have physical bodies to experience things in physical form. Otherwise, we wouldn't bother incarnating. It's just that's where it is, right? So in this sense, we go, all right, well, what could be an energetic match for me in this place that I want to explore? Who could be an energetic Mm -hmm. match for me? And I am yet, I have to say, as I've been going through my own when I say ascension process, I mean uh, growing in my own consciousness as a, mm-hmm. as a spiritual teacher, as a as a what I call a star seed. You know, as someone who is here to help bring new concepts to the world, like you are. Right. The mm-hmm. whole thing with this is basically, I long to have a day where I can meet people presently that I really feel have got enough of a sort of awareness of themselves at where I'm at in my in myself that it'd be really nice to connect with them. Mm-hmm. And that's just my, where I am at the moment. And there are people around, we're all evolving into mm-hmm. a more integrated version of ourselves so we can then connect with each other. Mm-hmm. And I, I think coming back to what you said before about how you can step in and you can step out, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes we need to do that. Yeah. We have a, a an experience and it really opens us up. And then we need some integration time before mm-hmm. we can then say, well, what do I want to experience next? Mm-hmm. And I, what I love about you is just how much you want energetically to connect with other mm. in an energetic way, right? So your heart, as I feel you, is really open. You're not, and I, I want others to be aware of this because you can feel it when someone's creepy. You can feel it when someone's mm-hmm. trying to hook into you. And it's mm-hmm. having that discernment to go, actually, I don't want to play that game. That's not what mm-hmm. I want. And you come from your heart, your energy expands. So you're inviting people into your energy field and you're wanting to have a sense of theirs. 
Mm. So as you say, you're not contracting away. Mm. You're coming in with oxytocin and asking if others will meet you there. Mm-hmm. That's just beautiful. That that to me is raising the bar completely. And it's what you say. It's ethical non-monogamy. Mm. Oh my God, I'm so sorry to just cut you off there. But you're going to have to come back next week to hear the rest. Um, We're going to go back just a little bit and then we'll go into the rest of the interview. But I hope you're enjoying it so far. Let me know what you think in the Facebook group. I just think so much of that is relevant. And I'm so glad that um, she ended with just bringing it back to ethical non-monogamy. And that's what it's really all about is just opening yourself up um, and and giving of yourself with good energy and and reciprocal energy. And um, it's really about connection at the end of the day. And I love that she sees that as part of my world. And I want you all to see that, that this is so much more than sex. It's about connecting with other people on such a deep level and sharing who we are and sharing life and sharing sex if we want um, with other people. And it can just be so incredibly, um, exciting. And it's such a blessing to have a beautiful tribe of people and to just get to be in tune with who you are and be able to set your boundaries and just live in authenticity. So come back next week and hear the rest. Um, I promise you it's, it's great. And in the show notes, there will be all her information this week, um, the links and how you can go um, follow her and and look up more of her information. You can go to her LinkedIn, her Instagram, her Facebook, all that. But all the links will be in the show notes, so take a look. Um, yeah, I think that's it for today. I am so happy you were here, and I hope you really enjoyed this podcast and enjoyed Rosanna. Rosie Glow Hannes. She is just such an incredible person. So we'll be back next week with some more with her. I love her so much and I love you. Remember, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Have a great week, guys. I love you. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Kareen Bedard Coaching. And you can visit my website at kareenbedard.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like and share it with your friends. I'd be so grateful if you could help by giving us a five-star review on Podchaser or iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe to our mailing list to be kept up to date about upcoming episodes and exciting news. Just visit our website at breakingfreeauthentically.com and scroll down to subscribe. You can also email me anytime. I'd love to hear from you. Send your messages and questions to kareen at kareenbedard.com. Are you a part of my Facebook community yet? Join us in Breaking Free Authentically. It's where you will find this sex-positive relationship community. I'd be thrilled to have you be a part of this community with me. All the links will be in the show notes, so don't forget to check it out. Remember, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Have a great week.